You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right. I'll show you who I am and what I am. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I mean, adapted scientific romances at their best and worst. <laughs> I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. <laughs> and uh, it is uh, October, so we're picking up another universal monster. We've done Frankenstein before. Somehow we haven't done Dracula yet. I think we've argued it's probably not science fiction. It's more fantasy slash horror. Um, yeah, there, is there any experimentation on it really goes on in there? Not really. Um, I was thinking that as we were watching this, because it's part of the monster set we got. But I was like, yeah. Ah. Yeah, counts. I, I think, think it's, it's what the Wolfman in there too, mm-hmm. but it's not adapted, unfortunately. Wolf is it? Yeah. yeah. I think it's more that you know recently you've been so busy with other reading that mm-hmm. we haven't you can't throw in novels. Yeah, but I, but I have previously read Dracula, so oh, I would just do ah. the audiobook. Okay, okay. Uh, and at some point we should do the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because that's only a that short would story. Be a good one. Hey, hey, yeah. Um, and there's we could do like old movie and mm-hmm. like Mary Riley or whatever the one with Julie Roberts was. Mary Riley. And then the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, of course. After, <laughs> we do the picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, we, we do basically everything that's where the characters from that, uh, which I've heard is terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's based uh, on a graphic novel. So, yeah, never mind. Yeesh. Anyhow, All this right. time, I guess I could talk about what we're doing this time. Um, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen what we're doing yet, it's uh, because we're doing The Invisible Man, 1897 <laughs> novel by H.G. Wells, which was adapted into a 1933 film starring Claude Rains and directed by James Whale. Yep. Uh, we are also going to talk about two other films that we're going to talk about to what extent we could see them as adaptations of The Invisible Man. And that is 2000's Hollow Man and 2020's The Invisible Man. Same title. I have to figure out what we think about uh, calling it an adaptation. So, uh, previous history with The Invisible Man. Just the book for now. Uh, this is the first time I had ever read it. Although I did hear an audio adaptation in the early 2000s by Alien Voices. Right. And we can talk about that as well. Did you ever listen to that? No. Okay. No, I've oh, never read it. Colin and I can yeah. talk about it. Um, this is one that I had previously read. I've talked about in uh, previous times when I was home for the summer. My sister had a big shelf full of books, and I read lots of them. And uh, there were a few H.G. Wells books on there. So I, I read, like, The Time Machine and War of the Worlds and The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Time Machine. But, yeah. So it was a review for me, so it worked because it's a five-hour audio book. I, <laughs> I, I listened to it over the course of literally, like, 24 hours, you know, over the course of two days. Um, so that that made it easy for me, and then I could listen to Alien Voices, yes, which was awesome. Uh, no history for you with the book? Nope. No, All right. No. Do we need to talk about what the premise of this book is? I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about whether these other two movies are adaptations, I think yeah. we should at least get something on the board for what what defines the story of the original of of the Invisible Man. I agree. I agree. Well, you, do you want to take that? Uh, yeah. There's a, a scientist named Griffin who discovers the secret of invisibility Mm -hmm. and uh, is forced to abandon his work due to persecution. Uh, And then he makes it to the village of Iping, which which tends to show up in in several of the adaptations. Mm -hmm. And uh, then all sorts of bad things happen. Uh, And this is where I want to get to, you know, what is, what to help, what helps define the invisible man. Yeah. So he's invisible. Yes. But um, to to me, one of the things that's very defining about the book is it seems that there's, he's a basically good person who is turned evil Hmm. by the process, you know, the, the loneliness, the abandonment, the persecution, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get back to being visible, but being unable and then deciding finally to use his abilities to, you know, gain revenge and get power over the people that have persecuted him. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's the major thing is the reversion being the, the big problem, trying to revert mm-hmm. to, to being visible as being kind of the, that's what kicks him over into being evil. Like he can't, he can't figure out how to get visible again. So I'm he just going to have a reign of terror. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or is it more the absolute power of crypts? Absolutely. Thing? It could be. That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first time read for you guys. What, what did you think of the book? I enjoyed the book. Yeah. Uh, I got the standard ebooks adaptation of it, which uh, is the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kicked up version of Project Gutenberg's version. Mm-hmm. So it is a, it's a really nice layout of the book. It's it's designed well. It's It yeah. has good links inside of it. Yeah. You know, a good table of contents. Yeah. If you were going to look, read uh, Gutenberg materials, I'd look to see if you can get one of one of the versions of the book from there first. Okay. What about you, James? Same version. I think I read that one. Yeah, from Gutenberg. Um, okay. One thing I found annoying about reading the book was the reading accents <laughs> reading accents yeah in that in that all the the words are spelled in the writing how they would be pronounced if you were pronouncing them with an accent gotcha okay and this yeah. is the part i wanted to ask you about because i thought i remembered you hate that aspect i do yeah. things because the this isn't as bad as um the worst one i ever come across was huck finn yes yeah. big time yeah so when i, I had I had a really hard time reading Huck Finn for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. When you try and translate and so, dialect yeah. and vernacular into. I did not like written. reading that. Yeah. It got annoying after a while. On the bright side, once you left Iping, it was okay. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't even remember that because I read the book ages yeah. ago. And so I just listened to the audiobook. Okay. And on the audiobook, this, this it's just is what I was. This is what I want to ask you about because yeah. I remember, like, I bet Seth hated reading this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do. I mean, this is sort of my thing with H.G. Wells. And if we ever do War of the Worlds or mm-hmm. the Time Machine, you know, it's it's like the Victorian need right. to take all the excitement out of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not that no. Yeah. So it's a short book. It's maybe 190 pages, 180 pages, something like that. Um, if that, you know, mm-hmm. sub sub 200, a light read. It was sub 200, yeah, yeah like 150. And, and it depends, depends how you... Uh, it was 153 it. Nook pages. You know? Yeah, and yeah. and so it's always surprising to me how slow a book mm-hmm. that short can be. And so H.G. Wells has never been right. my favorite. But I wanted to talk about this because I feel like now with streaming media, we have the argument that happens between the binge model and the weekly mm-hmm. release model. Mm-hmm. Where with the weekly release model, you get the water cooler moment, right? Where people get to talk about the episodes in between, like you and I used to do with Lost when we were running. Oh my goodness, yeah. Right? Watching that in a binge would be a completely right. different experience because we wouldn't be theorizing and that kind of stuff. We'd watch the whole thing and then talk about it afterwards. Right. And it's a well, different thing. Walking Dead, too. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, well, they used that for evil, right? right. Where, where they're like, oh, we're going to have a mid-season finale where we leave people completely up in the air yeah, and, yeah. and be dishonest with them. <laughs> um, where, where this, you know, this, and a lot of books of this era were serialized in magazines and periodicals. And so mm. you kind of had a similar thing where it's the, the Wait, excitement. Wait, was this serialized? It was. Originally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so so there the breaks make sense now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The the all right. The breaks between publications. That's where mm-hmm. the excitement comes from because you want to know what happens next. Right. Um, yeah, because so. I found the beginning of it a little sloggy, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded me of Triffids in that way. Yeah, yeah. like all right, fine. Here's some more scotch and what they call siphon. It? Siphon. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some more scotch and siphon, as as mandated by Colin, <laughs> which is soda. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah scotch and soda. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helped, and then I finally got past the, you know, the part where he. It started. It got more actiony, I suppose. I think when right. uh, Marvel shows up in the story, that's when the fun stuff starts to happen. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that dude was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I missed so, him in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Although so, I can see why they cut it out, I guess. But mm-hmm. lots so, of. Uh, yeah, we'll get to I'm never going to talk. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> it's okay. I, I can't edit any of that out. So <laughs> this is just James going to. You know, in person, this isn't supposed to happen, right? I mean, in person, you know, like I can see when James is winding down and then he just keeps going. Um, you know what the problem is? You're usually across the table from me. I'm not. I'm not so. used to. That's right. Yeah, that you're in Colin's seat. Oh, you only um, move. Colin stole my spot. No, we'll be okay. Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like if we switch now, we'll screw up the tracks or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That'll really mess him up. Let's do it for sure. Mm-hmm. I uh, the, the at some point there's a Mariner character in in the book and he's commenting and he says something about the you know the, this oh, town okay. is full of extraordinary asses. He says. <laughs> Uh, yes. So the idea, I want to talk about this because the kind of invisibility at play has bearing on some of the movies, right? right. Because here we have mm-hmm. chemical invisibility, right? It's it's done medically through right. injections or something, kind of like Dr. Herbert West, reanimator, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, at, right. at least here, there's a circulatory, a circulatory system still functioning. Yes. Um, <laughs> but... And, and like James said, right, something he had noticed in the book that I think you and I forgot that he had used it. It doesn't have to be living tissue, um, but right. cotton is a plant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was able to make some oh, cotton yeah, cloth Versus disappear, like a right? rayon or something. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there was great discussion Polyester as to doesn't disappear. Right. You know, his lack of preparedness. <laughs> yes. Although in both the mm-hmm. movie and the... The original, the original movie and the story, he isn't prepared to become invisible. It's something he has to do on the spur of the moment. Yeah. And so he right. did not have time, although he had the ability right. to create an invisible set of clothes. Right. Yeah. But he didn't yeah. do it. It would have been funny if, like, like he, he <laughs> it'd be really hard to sew together <laughs> invisible clothes um, <laughs> if, if, if you were starting from invisible fabric. Yes. Um, yes. It'd be cool to see him walking You'd around with start, just the stitching yeah. showing. <laughs> it looked like Auto Man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write down hardly anything about the book. The, I mean, the, there's, you have, like you said, there's there's the the arc of the story, and it's told non-linearly, right? It starts with him mm-hmm. coming to the inn. Is it the Lion's Head Inn? The Lion's Head Inn yeah. in Iping. Um, yeah. Where that, this is where he wants to set up his laboratory and figure out how to become visible again. But he runs right. afoul of people by not paying his, his, his <laughs> by bill. By basically being an a-hole. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 If he'd been like a little more patient and like, yeah, charismatic with the people. I think he yeah. would have gotten away with it. Yeah. This is where I think the, the alien voices Gosh. thing comes in. It makes him a little more human. It does. Um, because it gives him a fiancé, mm-hmm. gives him someone who cares mm-hmm. about him, and you you know that he's not just a total jerk all right. the time. And then you, you think, well, maybe it's possible that the, the treatment that he's given himself has driven him mad. Well, yeah, they, they blatantly allude to that in the movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. The monocaine. The monocaine, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which sounds like Novocaine or some other cocaine yeah. <laughs> derivative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's from India. Yeah. Yeah. So. One thing that uh, I, I read the, I reviewed all the Wikipedia articles about uh-huh. the movies today, so I'd be fresh and able to talk about them. Mm-hmm. For The Hollow Man, Kevin Bacon kept a journal, a diary of the entire movie process, and he noted about how mm. he spent all this time, you know, in a complete bodysuit yeah. so they could paint him out when needed. Mm-hmm. Right. About, you know, the, the discomfort and the, the isolation and how how frustrating it was and it would build inside of him and it actually encouraged him to be more in character that way yeah <laughs> and so whether it's the the chemicals that turn you into a madman uh-huh. or whether it's the process of being socially isolated yeah. and you know different from everyone else completely right it's an incel story <laughs> or it's a story about racism and discrimination yeah yeah well there's a reason that the ralph ellison book is called invisible man not the invisible man 
Uh, Ralph Ellison? I'm trying to think if it's actually, maybe I'm thinking of a, of a different book. I thought it was about racism, but um, famous uh, book. Okay. okay. I don't remember. Okay. I, I'm not sure if I've actually ever read it. So speaking out of some ignorance. Um, <laughs> this is one of the Universal Monster movies. And that, that was when, when I was initially thinking about it. And my memories of the story, I didn't remember that he was such a bad guy. And so it's completely uh, appropriate right. for him to be in the Universal Monsters pantheon because he's awful. Um, and right. it's interesting to have the main character of, of the book kind of also be the antagonist for the book. He's, oh, he's yeah. like the prot- protagonist right. and the antagonist. I almost said protagonist because of Blanket. <laughs> protagonist. <laughs> protagonist. Um, yeah. Well, it's almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that way. Yeah, sort of. Uh, other discussions about the book? I thought that you would have really liked the book because of the... Uh, the cat that's in there. The cat destruction. The cat destruction. Oh. <laughs> I did write it down. And that, that was brought forth in the movie as well. There yes. is a cat assault. Mm-hmm. Well, the, so. cat, the cat didn't get destroyed. It just got disappeared. Right. Like Dandelo in, but like in the, the fly. The eyes. Except the eyes, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So at nighttime, if you shine a flashlight, you still be able to find the cat. I was trying to figure <laughs> out, like, you know, the idea here is as long as you're living, the invisibility works. You die and it reverses itself. But we all well, are see, that doesn't make losing sense, dead though, skin with the, with the, all the time. Uh, you know, is our hair, hair alive? Right. You know. Um, yeah. That, if it didn't make sense ashy, to me with the be, hair would, yeah. and the uh, the rag. Uh, yeah, the the rag that he turned invisible in the book right. that you guys forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so why would you revert upon death? I, I think it's possible this isn't hard science fiction. Reasons. Yeah. Reasons. <laughs> Reasons. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Yeah, plot. I'll press that button. I believe. Although there, there is a lot of discussion of optics and transparency and everything yeah. else, and but it doesn't survive a really thorough investigation or thought right. process. Well, it's right. it's sciency enough, right, for the time, and that's why he, he considered it a sci- <laughs> right. scientific romance um, because it brings in the idea. I'm kind of like Frankenstein, right, where he, mm-hmm. he talks about you know I assembled the tools of life that I might imbue a spark of being into this person, right, and some right. something like that. Um, Very flowery. It, it doesn't tell you what what the chemicals are or, or anything, mm-hmm. it, but it does talk about optics and it's kind of like uh, the time machine is very similar where he's talking about the process of, you know, we, we start moving in space, but not time or moving in time, but not space, I guess it is. Um, so Wells like to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, not hard science fiction. And of course the, the question, the story begs the question, you know, we were so obsessed as to whether we could do it. Right. We didn't even stop to think if we should raises the mm-hmm. question. Oh, I think it begs. <laughs> no, no, it does not beg. It does it's not beg totally the question. Begging. In, in the modern vernacular, it begs. Uh, in proper English, which almost no one except for you speaks anymore. Right. Yep. No, yep. Essentially, no one should say begs the question because you're always wrong. Right. Unless you're talking about a logical fallacy. So It has evolved beyond your... Yeah. I can still be an old man yelling at clouds. Get off my grammar! Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, anything else to talk about? That? I mean, I'm sure we can circle back to stuff from the book, uh, from the other things, but why don't you talk about Alien Voices a little bit? So Alien Voices is a group of Star Trek actors who get together and essentially did full cast radio plays. And the one that I own is The Invisible Man by She Wells, and it stars uh, John DeLancey and Leonard Nimoy and Nana Visitor. And oh, that's right. And the other ones who I've yeah. unfortunately forgotten at the moment. <laughs> and uh, it tells a fairly close adaptation of the story. Although, like Seth mentioned, it linearizes it. Yeah. So you start off with the origin story of the linear man. And then you follow him as he becomes invisible because his papers are going to be stolen by his professor. And then we move into Iping. And then we get to meet Mr. Marvel. And believe it or not, I have never finished listening to it. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I get up to the point of Marvel every single time, and then something happens to distract me, and I have never gotten back to it. Oh, wow. So I don't know how it ends. Where but do you, I'm assuming... Where do you find this? He, he has the CDs. I have the CDs. Yeah. Can I borrow them? Oh, you betcha. Yeah, and John Delancey's voice characterization. Oh, it's terrific, they, yeah. When we talk about the movie, which we're going to do really soon... John Delancey's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Claude Rains was picked for his voice because you spend so much of the time not seeing him. Yeah. Well, when you're going right. to talk about a radio play, you want someone, you want a lot of someone's with incredible voice talent, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to do multiple roles. And John Delancey just does a great job being Griffin. Mm-hmm. He's very good. All right, James, get off your phone. All right. Then, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll move on. Uh, move on to the movie, 1933. 1933, starring Claude Rains. Directed by James Whale, also starring Gloria Stewart, famous from Titanic. Right. Yes. <laughs> Old Rose. <laughs> yep. And William Harrigan as Kent. Kemp. 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 And right. Clarence the Angel. Yes. Yeah, and Clarence the Angel as, <laughs> as the fiancé's father. Right. Um, yes. And whatever her name was, Uma something, as the gesticulating barmaid. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is six years into the talkie era, and I feel like the acting right. has not quite caught up with talkies. Did not quite evolve um, yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it, this this era of film tends to be that way—a little, little extra melodramatic. Um, I don't right. remember it quite to this extent in Frankenstein, and it was mainly that one character. You know, uh, uh, both yeah, the female characters were kind of just, uh, were kind yeah, of just yeah. screamy, right? Yeah, which was kind of what they did back then. Yeah, I mean, yes. even into the fifties, they were like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing I, I I'm curious when we get to ranking them, there's something about telling a story about an invisible man that tells differently in a visual medium than on the page. Um, just because mm, you can, mm-hmm. you can use visual effects to tell the story in it in not a different way, but, but it's a, I don't know. It's a, it, it brings it to life in a different way. Kind of like you're talking, you're always talking about, about, you know, bring this, bring this to life. Well, here you have a definite, uh, visible phenomenon or invisible phenomenon, mm-hmm. uh, that you're trying to picture in your head and then seeing it on the screen is kind of rewarding. Yeah. Or not seeing it on the screen. Or not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the invisible butt kick. The invisible butt kick was good. The special effects were wonderful. They're all practical. Yep. All in camera. Um, In the special feature, which is on the Universal Movies DVD that we have, uh, it talks about the most difficult shot where they actually composed four different shots Mm -hmm. in order to make the the, the one short scene of where he's looking at himself in a mirror and peeling off his head tape. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see the. Yeah. See that in the special on the uh, and I, th- I, I thought yeah. you know there, there were several times where I'm like wow I'm curious how they how they accomplished like the footsteps in this in the snow right where they had specially cut boards with imitation snow over the top of them so when they dropped them into mm-hmm. the snow you wouldn't see the wood right right, right. it right. looks like a compression yeah or like when he sits in the seat and the 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 pillow gets a the cushion gets a dent in it yeah. right yep <laughs> I feel like you always have to have that kind of a shot in an Invisible Man movie right yeah yeah. Why and all the stuff flying in the bar? <laughs> so, oh yeah, the movie is about seventy-one minutes. Yeah, it feels significantly longer. Feels a bit longer. Um, than that, yeah. I I don't like the movie much, but I do admire the craft of it. When you talk about the the visual art of it, um, the actual special effects, because mm-hmm. how do you do that in nineteen thirty three? And and I thought it was really cool to see them like him see him lighting up a cigarette. Now mm-hmm. I did want to see the smoke. Going to his lungs. Going to his lungs. <laughs> yeah. Because that would have been cool. Because they, they never really paid off that part. They mentioned the, you know, if I eat something, it takes a while for it to be incorporated and then become invisible. But we never saw it. I, I'm like, I'm not sure that makes any sense at all. But, um, <laughs> well, it's straight from the book. It is straight from the book, but I, I don't think it makes any sense. But I would have liked to have seen something of that. That would have been cool. Yeah. I do think it's interesting that Claude Rains is the, 
you know, top billing in the movie and you yeah. only see his face <laughs> in the <laughs> very the last shot. Yep. Well, it makes me wonder if there was a, a laboratory scene in the beginning of him, you know, madly working to create his mad, his invisible serum mm-hmm. where you would could have seen his face. Oh, that they had shot and then didn't use? Yeah. I kind of doubt it. reasons. I mean, they're, they're using real they film had, like, back deleted then. Seasons so. or, or deleted scenes or something. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think you find more of those in the digital era. Right. I, I mean, there's, there's always shots that are yeah. cut. We watched a bunch of deleted scenes on the yep. 2020 movie. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Did you did you like the 1933 movie? I enjoyed it, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I kept on wondering how the pacing of the movie was. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh... I thought it was longer than 70 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems slow, but, I mean, it was enjoyable. Of its time, yeah. yeah. The best smoking scene, of course, in any Universal Monster movie is the is the uh, Bride of Frankenstein. You know, smoke good. <laughs> Sorry, that's an aside. But What did you think of the movie, James? Eh, I thought it was okay. I'm with you guys on this, the pacing. Yeah. Uh, the pacing made it feel longer than it was, but it was fun, though. It was fun to at least watch once. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I like watching it once. Just, I've, I enjoyed, the, like you said, the practical effects. Yeah. It was cool to see in the bonus features how they actually achieved that. And, uh, yeah. Their version of Development Hell was interesting to learn about, too. How they yeah. tried to bring all these people to, to write right. it. No one can get any, no mm-hmm. one can get anywhere with it or make it something that would uh, appease the, the, the movie theaters, the movie, right. the movie production company. Right. Um, and then it eventually they went right back to H.G. Wells' script with a few small changes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then they wanted Boris Karloff to play the Invisible Man, but he couldn't do it. Yeah. What did you think of the changes to the to the plot or story, I guess? Called? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is that is worth mentioning that this is a modernization of the story, right? They could have shot it yeah. as if it was in 1897. Right. But, but instead, there's automobiles, there's mm-hmm. radio, there's telephones. Yeah, all three. Uh, which definitely changes the equation for trying to set a trap for the Invisible Man because mm-hmm. you've got wireless methods of communication or right spread information faster yeah 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 so i kind of miss the character of marvel because he's almost like comic relief <laughs> yeah he's the drunk right he's the That's drunk what we're talking about. yeah yeah yep. um i think some of the aspects of his character get folded into kemp yeah a little bit but you don't and you don't have the sort of final framing part of the framing narrative where you know it's like marvel retelling the story and you're you're like is he full mm-hmm. of crap he might be full of crap and then he gets right. out his chest full of books yeah yeah yep. yes yeah okay so <laughs> should we move on to 2000 hollow man yeah and so with both of these movies we need to talk about to what extent we could consider them an adaptation of the invisible man here the boxes okay. that this one ticks are you know definitely the not being able to become visible again seems to push him over the edge he's already a horrible person right? he is already a horrible person yeah right. so this is our third fairhoven movie we, we did starship troopers and total recall right right um I don't like this movie. <laughs> Why don't you like this movie? I don't like this movie because I'm fine with the character being more of a villain. And in the 1933 one, he crashes a train yeah. full of people. Right, right. The body totally. count is significantly yeah. higher in the, in the 1933 movie than in the book. And he kills Kemp. <laughs> yeah. But this one, you know, the way it starts off showing that he leers at his neighbor, who's a bit of an exhibitionist. Right. She should be free to be an exhibitionist in her own home. And if she wants to leave the things open and go nude in front of there and tease him, she should not be subject to attack mm. because mm. of that. Right. The, the dudes need to control themselves. Okay. Um, so he eventually sexually assaults her. He rapes her. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we get to watch. It is entirely gratuitous. Like, you, right. it would be very easy to imply it, to show the after effects of it. But 
I did not care for the way that was portrayed. You could have just done it in, like, canned way kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Left it implied mm-hmm. rather than being so explicit. That's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, they... It was Chekhov's sexual assault, basically, right? At the beginning, he's looking at her, she closes the drapes, right. and he's like, damn it, you know. You know this is going to happen. You know this is going to happen. <laughs> and so the the fact that they showed as much of it as they did, I, I, I just, I, it's reprehensible. So mm-hmm. so you didn't mind when he was groping the lab assistant? Oh, no, I didn't like that either. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's, I want, yeah, one thing I'm going to look for in an accurate adaptation is someone who was basically okay, not perfect, because you know yeah. who Among Us is, mm-hmm. but then is corrupted by the invisibility, yeah. either because they are so isolated or because of what it enables them to do. Yeah. Well, and I will say, somebody somebody looking at his sexy neighbor, that doesn't say to me, this is a terrible, awful person. This says to me, this is right. this is a, probably a typical human male. We don't know to what extent he's totally screwed up. And maybe the invisibility did push him over the edge. And the movie hints at that, right? Where the, where they put they make the the gorilla invisible and it starts going a little crazy. Right. So it's mm-hmm. it moved him more that direction. So he wasn't a good person at the beginning. He was prideful. Yeah, but he, I don't think he would have if they would if he hadn't gone invisible, I don't think he would have been a rapist and a murderer, I suppose. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that did happen after the month of isolation or longer or whatever it was. Yeah, because yeah. he escaped, right? So yeah. by the way, this I'm with I'm with you on that one. I think I think yeah. the isolation and all that finally got to him, kicked him over the edge. And yeah. once he, when he escaped, he started doing all this nasty stuff. Yeah. You know, when they were talking about So I think it checks that box. There's a bunch of little <laughs> stuff he does that is just mean and hurtful and, and wrong, like you know, groping yeah. and teasing people and freaking people out. Right. And you know, watching his fiance, well his ex fiance, you know, have a relationship with his mm-hmm. lab partner. Right. And Elizabeth Shue and Josh Brolin. Yeah. yeah. But when the Wikipedia article and a lot of people, including Verhoeven, said that the thing that is supposed to to really show you that he has turned Mm -hmm. is the rape scene. Because after the rape scene, he goes and he murders the dog that had been his friend in the beginning. Right. And so, you know, maybe that's where you know that the he's made that decision to Mm -hmm. go become. That was his like tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. To become a monster. But he was on the track when he starts lying to people, including the people who fund him. Yeah. And his whole lab crew. He's like, oh no, this isn't about me being invisible. But he says he wants to be the first invisible person before that. So. I think think it was the power grab. Yeah. Yeah. The the movie is very much the Green Goblin uh, yep, from from yep. the first Spider Man movie, it's, it's, <laughs> oh. it tracks pretty pretty closely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the Captain America serum, right? Because especially in you know the hawk, uh, the Falcon and the Hawk, Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Thank you. Right. The wrong Captain America gets the serum and it right. it, it subverts him because right. it makes you a more intense version yeah. of what you are. Yeah. Um, starring Kevin Bacon. We didn't even mention Kevin Bacon. The Bacon. The Bacon. Yes. And Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And, and, and Thanos. It feels like a nineties movie. It's a, it's from two thousand. Yeah. It's practically nineties. Yeah, there's there's always that like transitional period between decades, right? right. And I feel like the the art definitely counts as a transitional period. Okay, <laughs> it is an injected serum. the The effects are you know nineties, early two thousands, but pretty good. I thought they were oh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, here I I didn't like the movie, but I did like some of the craft of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking sure. about, is this a science fiction movie or is it a horror movie? And based on the actions of the very smart people in the movie, absolutely a horror movie. Because they all just- Why did you are, put the glasses on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> because or, or they put them on and then they take them off and yeah, they, they, they put on the, the thermal. Or the, they hold them to their face and then they take them off. Right, to, and then they go. I can't see him. Where is he? I'm like, well, you know, you can't see him without them. Why would you ever take them off? Right. Even if yeah. So that that happened when he went into the place that was full of steam because mm-hmm. it would make everything about the same temperature. Right. right. He's cooler than steam. Yeah. And so he's still going to show up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it obscures your vision, but when you're yeah. out of the steamy area, mm-hmm. right? Like. All the rest of the underground organization. Uh, I was I was trying to figure yeah. out if if the glasses are hard to you know like if you're trying to wear night vision goggles in a bright area they're not going to work for you no. right. Um, so so maybe that's why they were taking off them. Let's just knock one of the lenses but out. They had a thing to flip it up. Yeah, they had a thing to flip it flip it up. But but when it showed the view through them, you could still see topography of the area. Right. You yeah. you, you weren't going to run into a wall right. wearing them. So why would you ever take them off? This is your only advantage. Um, and even before, you know, before he did the steam thing, they were still taking him off all the time and splitting up <laughs> to search yeah. the building, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it makes me, it reminds me of that, that commercial that's on TV right now. <laughs> Why don't we just go hop into the running car? No, let's go into the garage full of chainsaws instead. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And these were scientists and highly trained technicians. Yeah. yeah. Now, every once in a while, they would do something smart. Like, I think at one point, the lady who got groped, takes all of the blood and begins splattering it all over the floor right. to try yeah. and get footsteps and mm-hmm. other things. And yeah. uh, they triggered the uh, overhead sprinkler system because he would show up in the rain. Right. So that was right. all really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, and then, she made it out of the fridge. Yeah. Yep. And what did, what did she, did she use a, a gas canister or, or fire extinguisher or something to find him? Once, yes. Yeah. 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 And then, the, well, it turns out that like electricity Makes them visible. Um, yeah, I mean, this this movie adapts uh, cat destruction into dog destruction. Right. And so, no, I don't... I think this is influenced by The Invisible Man. Um, but even, even not, when we were watching that, that, that little documentary about the, the original movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. invisibility has been a part of our mythology for hundreds of years or yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. You know, capes and rings mm-hmm. and helmets and all kinds of things. And yeah, so, there's right. a mythological... Uh, Perseus? Was it Perseus who had the helmet to turn invisible when he was going into Medusa's... I think so. I think so. Oh, okay. Clash of the Titans. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So just, to say- Just this don't look is, at her. Yeah. <laughs> to say if this is an adaptation of The Invisible Man, the story, right. I'm going to say no. Yeah. It's, in a lot of ways, it's close because it has the the chemical thing. It has the, you know, the scientist who's working obviously right. in this field, makes himself invisible, struggles Experiments to become on himself. uninvisible yeah. and goes nuts. So in, in that sense, you could see it as a modernization of it. He never, does he, does he, he does cover himself up with them. They make him the latex- Right helmet, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, so that so that he can at least be sort of seen, and, and that, that was disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm with you on the movie, I suppose. There, I mean, the, to me, there was like there was some good spots. I like the special effects or whatever, but overall, it's not like something I would be anxious to watch again. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there were some cool things, like the idea that the uh, the reversion of invisibility process caused you know destruction and incoherence at the subatomic level, so you right. melt into the table. Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. That was kind of suspenseful. <laughs> yeah. And and it's kind of cool that Elizabeth Shue gets to kick butt. Yeah, she finally yeah. all of a sudden realizes she's smart. Uh, you, 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 you know, makes the electromagnet with with, right. with the cord in the freezer, which they could have just pulled to deactivate the freezer so they wouldn't be freezing. Yes. Um, uh, but she uses that to, to change that bolt. She uses the flamethrower. So I feel like, like it's a movie that could have been really fun. And maybe it's just that our, our views on some things have have changed right and so you don't you don't put that kind of a rape scene in a 
movie anymore. I don't feel like they do that anymore. Yeah. There's a thing. Uh, well, or, or it's done for a purpose, or, right? It, yeah. To not be gratuitous. Or because that character, tactfully. the character literally doesn't have a name. Right. It's just Sebastian's right. neighbor. And so that's why it's so gratuitous to me. Yeah, she's credited. As Sebastian's neighbor? <laughs> yeah, as Sebastian's okay. neighbor. Um, and so it's like this nameless, almost faceless person who we're just, we're going to show her nude and show her sexually assaulted. And right. that, that that's gross. So without that, you know, it's it's sort of in the Starship Troopers range for mm-hmm. me. I'm like, okay, I can turn my brain off and this this will right. be kind of fun. I'm going to yell at the stupid smart people. <laughs> but Verhoeven on, re- on res- review, mm-hmm. retrospectively, did not like this movie. He's like, okay. I always try to make something that's unique and special to me. And I felt like there were 20 other people that could have made this. Okay. And here's the other things. It made a fair amount of money hmm. in the box office. It oh, cost okay. $95 million to make. And that's an important wow. number to keep remember. $95 million to make a movie okay. about the Invisible Man in 2000. Okay. All right. And it made $190 million, But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's only reviewed uh, as high as 27%. Yeah. So not huh. very highly of. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. Right. You know, it, most horror movies don't review very well. Yeah. Just as a genre. I guess that's true. Right. Uh, anything else to say about this hmm. one? No. All right. We can move on to 2020. Uh, I think I was the only person who had seen this movie before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've now seen it twice, yep. James? Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah, 2020, directed by, written and directed by Lee Whannell, and starring Elizabeth Moss and Aldous Hodge and Jamie Dormer, Dormer I think, from Patriot, and mm-hmm. whatever the guy's name was who... Was the husband or the boyfriend? Oh my goodness! Yeah, he got he got second billing, yeah. which is which is interesting, and I do want to talk about that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, some there's some very different things about this one that make it really hard to to think of it as an adaptation because a, the Invisible Man is not the main character. The main character is Elizabeth Moss, right? And the right. Invisible Man is absolutely the antagonist. It's interesting you mentioned that because I was reading through the IMDb articles, IMDb reviews yesterday, mm-hmm. and almost every like three and four star, there was about not a lot of three and four star reviews, but mm-hmm. uh, complaining about how the Invisible Man was not the main character, uh, despite yeah. the ti- being the title character. Yeah, and it was like you know, hashtag Me Too movie, <laughs> which right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that, I mean, you, you like, said these it right. Reviews you, are terrible. You guys suck. Yes, <laughs> they, they didn't. I mean, they weren't going to name it the Invisible Man's yeah. girlfriend, right? No. So but the, it, that. The fact that that was their problem with it is like, really? Like, the, no yeah. critical thought went into their review. Mm-hmm. And all the actual good reviews had critical thought behind them. Yeah. And how they give them props or props to do, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah. So the, the points of, well, another point of difference, right, is this is not a chemical invisibility. This is a technological invisibility. It's a suit. It's a suit mm-hmm. that can be transferred to other people quite easily. Yes. Um, or have multiple suits. Or have multiple suits, yeah. yeah. Um, points in its favor is uh, Adrian Griffin, right? The the name the main Dang. character's name is Griffin. He's yep. a world right. leader in optics, you know, yes. which, so that's very much right from the book. It's just, it starts with him. I mean, you want to think of this as a monster movie. The Invisible Man is a monster, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I really like this movie. Um, I've, I've yes. seen it twice. I, I would absolutely watch it again. I, I really like Lee Whannell's uh, directing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and his screenwriting. This and is his him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's done a lot of screenwriting. He wrote all the Saw movies, actually. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> so, co-wrote. Co-wrote, he co-wrote yeah. yeah. And Upgrade. Um, I liked Upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade is rad. I got to watch some Upgrade, um, I guess. Yeah. There, a lot of the actors are It's um, like a 90-minute co- uh, movie. Common. So the, the dude that oh. interviews Elizabeth Moss for the architect position yeah. is an Upgrade. Yeah. He's like one of the main oh, villains. Super oh. soldier kind of guy. Uh, yeah. And then 
Adrian Griffin's in that movie too. Oh wow! In Upgrade as oh, well. Oh, I forgot he was in. He was also yeah. in the Haunting in Hill House, which is how yes. I recognized yeah, him. He was, the few he times was Peter you get to the, see him in the Haunting Hill. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I remember. I remember seeing a trailer for this and thinking, "Oh, that looks terrible," <laughs> and and it was just because like the movie presented the idea that's, or sorry, the trailer presented what's in the movie that uh, your loved one has died and he's left you five million dollars as long as you can pass a psychological screening, and so I oh. knew there was going to be the bit oh. of is she crazy in there, the but the trailer shows her stabbing the invisible man with the pen so you're like well yeah. the invisible man is real i felt like the trailer should have left you wondering yeah is she just cuckoo um yeah. because that's where the me too thing comes in right yeah, people true. don't believe women trailers are garbage when 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 they talk about stuff right they don't get believed mm-hmm. um and there's gaslighting and there's a ton of gaslighting there's this movie, hell this gaslighting movie is essentially this movie. gaslighting it's yeah it's sleeping with the enemy where the enemy is the invisible man yeah and where he, you know, decides to get the ultimate revenge on her for leaving him. One, because he has the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. But two, he has the, uh, not only resources, but the abilities. Because yeah. he can become invisible. He can mm-hmm. completely destroy her life. Right. And uh, make everyone around her think that she's crazy. Her family, yeah. the people that took her in when she was understood to be, you know, a woman who had been um, abused. Mm-hmm. People were more willing to work with her and take her in. Right. But as soon as things changed a little bit, everyone starts to doubt her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he undermines everyone she wants to turn to. Right. right. Yeah. Um, we should also mention, I, did we, we mentioned Aldous Hodge, who was terrific in this. Oh, yes, um, he was. And he's like, did you listen to the uh, commentary? No, okay. I didn't. So I watched the whole movie with the, with the Lee Winnell commentary, and he oh, just goes really? on and on <laughs> about how beautiful Aldous Hodge is. And he's like, it's just not fair. Somebody should be that that nice of a person, that good of an actor, and that good looking. <laughs> well, yeah. again, I'll tell you, watch some leverage. Because yeah. his character, I mean, mm-hmm. is so over the top and yet fitting in so well. It's yeah. just, yeah, I could go on and mm-hmm. on and on. Yeah. One of the things I really, really like about the movie, um, well, you mentioned the budget. I, I do want to talk about that. But one thing yeah. that, I, that I like about it is it doesn't even, it doesn't waste time establishing that Aldous Hodge is her friend. From what source, you know, what relationship do they have in the back? It's just, she's living at his house. He's taking care of her. He's got a daughter. And it all just works. You don't have to have a bunch of clunky dialogue about, well, we've known each other since, you know, yeah, 1995. Right. And, and <laughs> it's just, there, there's a relationship and it's genuine because of the performances. Um, right. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, the budget for this movie was yeah. $7, $7 million. million. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and, you know, it came out in 2020 and didn't get as much of a theatrical run as it would have probably gotten, but it made right. a lot of money. 143 million. Yeah. Proportionally, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Fantastic. So, and <laughs> and the effects are not perfect, but it looks like way more than seven million. No, but I think they work. Yeah. Yeah. I think they work really well, despite so what, what you're saying. One of the things I want to I want to mention <laughs> is on the on the commentary when he's talking about uh, Lee Winnell is talking about what he wanted to do with the movie, and he, this mm-hmm. is a great quote. He says, "One thing I wanted to do was to weaponize the audience's knowledge of movie shots against them." So, like, he moves the camera knowing that the audience is used to horror movie tropes. And so when he puts a shot into a mirror where half the mirror is cut off, you know that when he pans back over, something's going to be there. Only it isn't. Right. And so so he keeps subverting your expectations. Or is and, it? Because it's right. freaking Invisible Man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he builds that tension in there by setting yeah. the audience, ex, audience expectation and then not following through on it. Right. And so then it just keeps building. Um, and then you get you get a scene like I I jumped out of my chair mm-hmm. uh, on the the ladder <laughs> slash uh, why is the paint can open in the attic? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I crap myself. I mean it was totally cool yeah. right when she throws the paint on him right but then you're like 
why is it open pink candy? Maybe there's a missing shot where she's prying the lid off. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> she would do that while looking to see while he's up there, randomly prying off pink yeah, candy lids. Yeah. But like, right. so he uses the camera to sometimes show the point of view of the invisible man. Sometimes he said, I'm following mm-hmm. him. And sometimes he's like, I'm showing what he's looking at. So yeah, either either right in front of him, right behind him, mm-hmm. or or from his point of view. Yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about is who was in that suit during the whole movie. There there are I had theories about this. He does confirm, uh, the director confirms his thoughts about it. Do I accept it? Uh, just because it's the same as what I think. <laughs> I, I, I have to be consistent and say, no, I don't accept it. But When the I, director who made the movie tells you who was there, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like uh, Harry Potter. Right? Well, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> now, if, if he's telling me, which we, we learned on the, the making of movies, um, the guy who gets second billing is the boyfriend yeah, Oliver Jackson Cohen. There we go. Um, and at some point, the Invisible Man is shot and killed, and it is not it's the boyfriend. Brother. It's yeah. the brother, right? right? And so you could easily go, okay, it was the brother all along, and that's the story that Adrian tries to tell, that he was the right. one. He, he trapped me, you know, in my in a wall in my house, and and he's been controlling me, and he's been mm-hmm. using the suit. Um, where Lee Wanell says, no, it was the invisible, it was Adrian all along, and that was just his end game, and that's what I had commented on. I, th- I feel like eh, he's like, I don't think he was brother. Adrian all along either, though. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I unfortunately have too much experience with people who were abused and their abusers. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the abuser would have locked himself in the room mm-hmm. with the person he was abusing is completely against the psychology of an abuser. Yeah. That's where I knew there had to be another person involved. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I, I think was, it was both. Oh, you I think like it was I lost a, something then? So you think it was a a partnership all along? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. And so, so then the end game was was okay. I think he's been killed. I need to lock myself up and make it look like he did it. Right. Okay. Try and pin it. I all think on it him. was because that's what he, he'd been pinning it on on other people the whole time. Okay. So what was your what was your premise? <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> uh, my premise was that it had been Adrian the whole time until the very yeah. end. Yeah. Um, and then he had her follow. He you, had you can be wrong. right. Yeah. Well, what about the point where he says, if you, uh, if you have the baby, because you know, you think he didn't know that you had birth control? That right. tells me there's been an extended period of time where the brother's interacting with yes. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you begin to ask, well, if he didn't die and the brother says, I saw the dead body, then you know it goes way, way back to the very beginning. Right. Right. He could be being controlled. You, you could say that he's not as guilty. But then, you know, he comes to the house and tries to threaten the family. Right. Right. Um, I still think Adrian was probably leading the whole thing, mm-hmm. but I think they were definitely working together quite closely. Well, so I can tell you that the scene in the parking lot of the mental mm-hmm. facility, um, when he comes over and talks to her, it's funny because the voices of the two guys are very similar. Right. So I thought, I thought it was the brother. I would say that was Adrian. It but, was Adrian. Oh, okay. um, it's, it was Oliver, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Cohen. Yeah. I think he's, I, he's wearing the suit. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. They, they did put him in a green suit. No, I know. I know. I so, mean, I'll go, okay. So I know it was the actor in the suit thing. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about though. I mean, in the actual story overall right. itself, I think it was Adrian at, at the parking lot and Adrian mm-hmm. at the well, compound. What yeah. do you want to call it? Yeah. I'm not going to call it a house because that's not right. <laughs> it looks that like a hotel. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That place. But I think it was the brother at the house mm-hmm. the entire time at the Black Dude's house, whatever his name is. Aldous Hodge. Yeah. You, you mean James. everything that happened there? Yeah. For a long, for a, that for could a have, there, There's it. definitely a couple times yeah. where you're like, how did he get from point A to point B? Yeah. And so if there are two of them, it would make right, sense. Right, because she took a lift yeah. to the freaking mansion compound area. How yeah. the heck would he have gotten there in time? They wouldn't have. I think yeah. there was brother at the house and the yeah, that could be. Adrian in the, in the compound mm-hmm. and the parking lot. But we, we know that the um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Was, was wearing 
the suit. Yeah, I know. When they were filming. I mean, there was a yeah, stunt yeah, performer yeah. at various times, too. And it's it's right. definitely... Were you there when we were watching the extra yeah. features? Yeah, I watched that part. It was showing the, the yeah. whole kitchen fight. Mm-hmm. It was really yeah, cool. The kitchen fight was dope. Yeah. And how cool <laughs> was it to have the actual actor? Because <laughs> you're not going to get anyone who can imitate himself better than that yeah, guy. Yeah. Even actor. if they're painting yeah. him out and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there were... It was, it was, was cool, cool uh, <laughs> where he would talk about... Um, if When you watch the behind the scenes or listen to the the commentary he, he talks mm-hmm. about here you know here here's elizabeth's stunt double <laughs> coming down from the <laughs> from upstairs you know yeah um yeah and, so, and kudos to elizabeth moss yeah she's terrific in this to to go from you know she looks so happy and upbeat when she goes to her interview and then just right after that there's bags under her eyes and her whole yeah. face and demeanor yeah. has changed I mean, what what an actress yeah and to take on this role that's something else altogether. Yeah. Because you know mm-hmm. you're going to go down that journey with her of the abuse and the gaslighting and mm-hmm. the thing that you've been abandoned by everybody in the world. And now here's the interesting thing. Right. She goes through every single thing the Invisible Man does mm-hmm. and ends up doing an Invisible Man thing in the very end. Right. <laughs> interesting, yeah. And so it to me, I think this is a direct adaptation of the Invisible Man. Only where, she's the Invisible Man. Yeah, so we know that... <laughs> uh, gosh, yeah. We know that Griffin is bad from the get-go because yeah. he's abusive and controlling and has been through the whole relationship mm-hmm. and right. then continues to make things worse up to the point of assaulting and killing people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that really is the only way she's going to get any justice out of it. Although I think if she had taken the suit and then began to show, yes, yes, this creates invisibility, so now believe me, everything I told you, right. that isn't the route she takes. She takes right. the route to uh, protect herself. Yeah, and it's, it's a good... Uh it's a good ending. It's not necessarily one you can feel good about, um, but when an abuser gets gets taken down, I, oh, I, no, I, I have a hard time feeling bad that. <laughs> for yeah. that. You did hear everything, didn't you, James? Yeah. What yeah. did it sound like to you? <laughs> it sounded like he could. I thought it was awesome. Righteous, yeah. righteous indignation. Yeah. yeah. The, the interesting thing is that you know some of the first scenes that they shot because they shot most of it in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, but they used they did location shots and establishing shots in San Francisco. Um, or in the the Bay Area anyway, and yeah. and had that house right. there um, that you know it's it's not the same house on the inside mm-hmm. as it is on the outside. No, they never, <laughs> uh, and and they used special right. effects actually to make the house look bigger than it was. Oh. Um, but uh, so like I feel I feel like the there weren't a ton of special effects shots. Right, they had to remove the Invisible Man yeah. in yeah. various places, but there's only a couple actual effect shots. And those don't look amazing. Like when when she hits him, when she finally shoots him, and he mm-hmm. falls down, it looks a little janky. But uh, I don't mind. I don't mind that a seven million dollar yeah. movie doesn't look like a two hundred million dollar movie. Right. No. So although I mean the motion capture camera work. Yeah. 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 Was incredible because in some of the shots where she's falling over and the camera stays on her perspective mm-hmm. the whole way down to the floor. Yeah. In in that shot. Um, the one where she passes out in, at the interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There isn't a motion control rig. The cameraman just went down with her. Wow. So, did he? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Amazing. Yeah. They did use the motion control huh. rig for the fight in the house. Yeah, the fight in the house was, was cool. With and the, the timing is like... And you can confirm the motion control stuff in, in Upgrade is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Great story. Oh, yeah. Great filmography. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, special effects make it a lot better. Yeah. Right. Um, minimal budget. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm... Part of me wonders, why can't we do more things like this than $100 right. million dollar blockbusters? Yep. Not that I mind a $100 million blockbuster. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, Mass appeal, that's why. Yeah. Lee, Lee Winnell also confirmed <laughs> that in the scene where Aldous Hodge is getting beat up, it's all him. There's there's one scene where that's he gets crazy. where he gets pulled down the hall, where, the, where they use a, a person in a green suit to pull him that way. Uh-huh. But all the stuff where he's getting hit in the face, oh, it's, that was it's all? all on him. That's awesome. So He's like, he was really good at that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I didn't understand that you know, there's blood spurting everywhere and it doesn't get on the gloves. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think he would have become visible, at least his knuckles. But 
Whatever. Eh. It's okay. Yeah. But really like that movie. Yeah, I feel like the suit definitely gives him an advantage over previous incarnations of the Invisible Man. So he doesn't have to yeah. be naked. He can run around outside and mm-hmm. not be exposed to the elements. It's kind of handy. Although yeah. he has all most of the same weaknesses. You cover him in paint. Yeah. You can see him if you if it's foggy or if there's a, a fire extinguisher nearby. Yeah. Right. Well, and um, there's that great little puff of steam. Right? Yeah, that when, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your first hint that this okay. Yeah. Something there's something real going on here. Yeah. And I and I, and I like that they once again modernized the f- story and give it in creating a, a suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and using cool. the cell phones the way they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really that was good. cool. <laughs> uh, one one thing that Leo and L did uh, stylistically on purpose: the movie starts with her opening her eyes because she's pretending to sleep mm-hmm. before she makes her escape, and at the very end, right. she she walks down and the movie is right on her face, and she closes her eyes, and the credits roll. Wow, it's kind of a cool hmm. bookends that he did. So, I mean, I I like the guy's movies right. enough. I like next one he comes out with on yeah there, unless it's another Saw movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the franchise is being rebooted. It might be. I actually yeah. liked the first song. And then, then I, they started yeah, going over it, and over so. with them. I'm like, eh. I would like to see the first one. You um, haven't seen the first one? Mm-mm. No. Oh, it's better than the other ones. Have I've, you, I've heard it's better. Have you seen the other ones? No, 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 no. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, I, I don't watch oh, okay. horror movies. All right. Although this is definitely oh, yeah, a horror that's a good movie. point. Yeah, touche. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought the first one was good, and then the successful ones are just like, eh. Torture porn? Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, further thoughts? I think we talked most about the 2020 one. I suppose liked that one. Yeah. Even Emily liked that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Elaine liked it too. So yeah, there was a few times though where I was, you know, you know, like I was going to get him to go to the bathroom or whatever. So I wasn't going to pause the movie. Mm-hmm. But Emily's like, "No, pause the movie because you have to hold my hand while we watch this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if in addition to the science fiction of it, if you want to understand what it's like for a woman to be gaslighted by an abuser, mm-hmm. you should watch this movie. Yeah, because it will put you in her head and it will help you understand what's going on. Yeah, and. Yeah. You know, should you be convinced that you need to convince, you need to tell other people what they do and what they think and that you're right and they're not? Yeah. Can reconsider it. Yeah, big time. Yep. I just, a uh, thought popped in my head. So you know how they chose Claude Rains for his voice. Right. And I, kind of the opposite thing happened here with Elizabeth Moss. She was chosen because of her acting without a voice. Mm. Yeah. It, that was straight out of the, the commentary, right? Didn't uh, Lee, what, uh, the yeah. actor director yeah, yeah. said that, right? On the behind it's the like, she thing, communicates right? so much. Without saying a damn thing. Yeah. Well, that's the other crazy thing is that you can see what's going on when you when you watch that final scene mm-hmm. uh, where she's hysterical on the phone and then it then just drops it as soon as she hangs up. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first things yeah. that they shot, and that's so right, so right. she had to have you know prepared and read the script. The character has gone through all this stuff that right. I haven't gone through yet in shooting the movie, but I have to portray that all on my face, yeah. and that's just remarkable. So yeah, that yeah. makes total sense because mm-hmm. it decreases the amount of time you need to own that or have that property. Yeah, because yeah. it, it seemed like a big piece of property. Yeah, yeah, you know, with its ten foot fence and yeah, it's kind of early. Right. Uh, final thoughts. Rank them. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Colin. <laughs> I like the 2020 movie the best. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and after that, gosh, there's so many ways you, you could decide <laughs> yeah. to like things. And so yeah. I think I'm going to be you know very Colin. Um, <laughs> the next thing I'm going to like, choose to like, is the book. Because without the book, you don't get Claude Rains, the alien voices, and yeah. the 2020 Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. And so after that comes Invisible, uh, the Invisible, the alien voices, Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Claude Rains. You know, the pacing was slow, the 1933 movie. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. And, and so, in fact, I haven't gotten to the things that I don't like yet. It's just, you know, which of the things that are so cool do I like the best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get to Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think it's an adaptation. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's gratuitous. I think it's a nasty horror slasher movie that depicts r- rape and other things. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, people are actually capable of doing the things that he does in that movie. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. James. I think I'm with Colin on that one. Pretty much down the list. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to change one thing up and that's just because I, I do feel like somehow this story is better told in a visual mm-hmm. medium. Mm. Um, and so, so I like, I like the 2020 film and then I, then I think I'd go 1933 and then the book yeah. and then hollow man and alien voices is great too. I just considered another version of the book, even though it is different. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the plot is the plot and characterization yeah. and the telling is all different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would nice rank, I would rank it in front of the book actually. Cause I feel like it efficiently tells that story. It's a two hour Strips radio drama. Characters yeah. and, uh, it was a five yeah. hour audio book, two hour radio drama. And I feel like I didn't miss anything. Wow. So. Cool. It is definitely worth your Halloween watching, reading, mm-hmm. and listening yeah. to pick it up. All right. Um, so, coming attractions. Uh, we are going to see yeah. Dune this Thursday. That's right. So, right. by the time this comes out, we'll have already seen it. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, then we'll, we'll do a reaction, you know, kind of a quick thing. I've also arranged to do another follow-up podcast with a couple other podcaster friends to talk about the Dune movie and, and what they think. I'm going to okay. I'm gonna watch it in the movie theater, and then I'm going to make my wife watch it with me uh, on HBO max. <laughs> Cause there was like a 50% off HBO max thing a while back. So I, I got that. Huh? Okay. And, um, and yeah, so there will be more than one podcast in either this feed or in the Hugo's feed for that. Um, is it a Hugo's winner? Yeah, it is a Hugo winner. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, the story, the, the book, story. The yeah. 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 Then, uh, then we're going to be talking about, time we're gonna we're gonna do a robert silverberg short story novella called needle in a time stack yes so that'll be that'll be our november episode and we'll and we'll we'll do the dune one in between um just as an extra yes and then uh we're in the process of trying to figure out what to do for christmas yeah we're we're running out of good things to do for christmas i don't even know if there's going to be a live tv special (laughs) tv musical this year but i'm just like after last year i want no part of it okay Oh, the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. With with Ish. the coronavirus and everything, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll come up with something. I mean, we don't have to do a Christmas something, but uh, but we could. We'll just go back and pick up three or four other adaptations of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's no lack of them. No, there's not. All right. So uh, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we'll leave yep, you with a thank you. payment pounder blessing. I didn't say that right, and I'm not going to redo it, because then I'll just have to edit it. So, All right. Uh, May the road rise up to meet you, and may the book always fall open to where you left off. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Ciao.